Exodus 12, 14. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. For all time. And I want us to celebrate too. I mean, it's no coincidence that on a night like this, they were all preparing for the Passover. And Jesus was preparing to be the Passover lamb. So they get to celebrate that freedom, but we get to celebrate a freedom that is not just that, but it's deliverance from eternal death, condemnation. It's a real deliverance, and this condemnation is still coming at us. We're talking about having the mark of God upon your life that changes things for you, even though you don't see it physically. It is there, that blood that was smeared on the door was to protect the life of the firstborn son. And through Christ Jesus, we have all become the firstborn of God, the chosen of God. Jesus Christ gave his own blood that covers us. And it is seen in the entire spirit realm that these ones have the mark of God. So do not touch them. I mean, it's left to you to have wild imaginations of how that mark looks. I've been trying to figure out how that mark looks. You know, but it's just exciting that around this time you see the Catholics, they'll put the cross on the forehead. They are symbols, but it does show that we are marked by God. And if we can see by the Spirit, then we can tell those who are marked of God. Because even though we are like, oh, this one is this, this one is this, nothing is hidden in the spirit realm of God and the spirit realm that is in darkness. They see it all. So they are not deceived. We can't deceive them. So the next verse, please. Number 15. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. I just wanted to bring in this scripture here about the seven days, how the number seven is very important and it's a number of completion and following through. On their own part, they had to stay away from anything that had leaven in it. So that was also symbolic. No scripture talks about beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious people. That spirit of religion, you cut it off from your life in general. But in this time of God really marking them, everything needed to be removed from their life, especially the religious stuff. Leaven represents sin, right? Leaven, right? Yeah, it represents sin. It represents sin. It originated from when they were released from Egypt. Some of the Egyptians followed them, and so they corrupted them and made them have the ideology to build the golden calf. All of that sinful mentality is leaven. So they were called the leaven that were within the Israelites. So in every gathering, there's the leaven. Yes, it's sin. That's why it says leaven of the Pharisees. It's religious. It's sin that does not come to you outrightly as sin. You see what leaven does. It's fluffy. It just makes things look bigger. So it gives this idea of goodness or riches or or blessings. But really, it's fluff. The doctrine is fluff. It's not centered on the Lord. It's infiltrated by demonic forces. But it's a disguise. You think it's something good until it corrupts the whole door. It's deceitful. I'm saying this so that nobody thinks it comes like 
Oh, she's stealing. Cast her out. No, it's like, oh, you know, God understands. You know, I'm a preacher too. I love Jesus. And this is what scripture says. And it twists it and yeah. it's just leaven. It's fluffy and it's good and it's all in. So it's something we really need to watch out for because it does not come glaringly before you. Yeah. It's Christianese sin. <laughs> subtle sin. Subtle. Very subtle. Yeah. We don't know we've gotten in until we're in. Let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 9, 4. Yeah. He said to him, walk through the streets of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of all who weep and sigh because of the detestable sins being committed in their city. Ooh. God had sent an angel to mark the foreheads of those who were praying and you know, having the heart of God concerning all the evil that was happening in the city. But from verse 3. Okay, verse 3. Then the glory of the God of Israel rose up from between the cherubim where it had rested and moved to the entrance of the temple. And the Lord called to the man dressed in linen who was carrying the writer's case. Hmm. Okay. So we will go into teachings on the men in white linen and differentiate them from the angels, but all of them are hosts of heaven. I always tell you there's different beings in heaven. They are different mm. beings. They have different scrolls. Their assignments are different. This one has a writing kit, so he's definitely a writer, and he's taking account of things that are done in the city. There's a lot of stuff in the heavens. There's watchers. You know, we'll talk about the watchers later this year because this is our year of kingdom alignment. So we're going to get into a lot of kingdom stuff. So let's get ready. We'll visit the scripture again. But there were six of them. They don't call them angels. They call them men in white linen. So he was on this assignment to mark the people who were actually interceding for the city. So the Lord called him and with his writing kit on his side, he said, go throughout the city of Jerusalem. And put on a mark on the foreheads of those who grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it. If you're praying for your city, praying for your nation, praying for your loved ones, praying against all the mm. things that are done in this nation or in your city, surely you have a mark on you. Ezekiel 9 verse 5. As I listened, he said to the others, mm -hmm. follow him through the city and kill without showing pity or compassion. So the Lord had told one of them to go and mark and told the others, there were six of them, so the five others, he said, go and kill, show no pity or compassion, slaughter the old men, and the young men, the women, the mothers, the children, but do not touch anyone who has the mark. Notice that he said, begin at my sanctuary. He's going to start amongst the people of God. Not everybody has the mark. Those who don't have a heart of God are just enjoying the atrocities that are happening in the city. But those with the mark, he said, do not touch anyone who has the mark. So the final scripture, Galatians 6, from verse 14. Okay, Galatians 6, verse 14, in New Living Translation. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, 
My interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. I thought that was very powerful that because he was crucified with Christ, he no longer had interest in the world and the world no longer had interest in him. So if we are still tempted by the things of the world, then we haven't been crucified with Christ. If we are still carried away by the flamboyance of this world and are enjoying it, instead of praying and lamenting and grieving over the atrocities that are going on in this world, then we haven't been crucified with Christ. And so we wonder why the things of the world are very alive in us. Paul is saying that the world is no longer interested in him anymore. Because he has lost all interest in the world and has embraced the cross of Christ. Next verse, please. 15. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Exactly. That is what this mark brings about. It's a whole new creation we have become. It's a transformed life. When we have that mark, it's not about the physical exhibits. Oh, this is Christian. She holds a Bible. Yeah, I'm Christian. I go to church on Sunday. Yeah, I'm Christian. There was a powerful law that God gave Moses about circumcising. I read the scripture and I see Paul having the right to stop that. Saying that in this new agreement with God, that is not important. Like, Paul, who gives you that kind of courage? What have you really encountered with God for you to counter What God has said, this was established for the Israelites for so many reasons. In fact, God almost killed Moses because Moses hadn't circumcised his son. And his wife had to quickly circumcise the son. And Paul comes here and says that it doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or not. That this dispensation is not about physical display of your faith. Your transformation is deep within whereas you are a totally different person that the world cannot even attract you anymore with its stuff that the spirit of death and the spirit of this world will not even attract you with its stuff because you are different from what they know they don't recognize the stuff that you are anymore you don't need to show them with your physical display of circumcision It is done in the spirit and they see you transformed. You bear the cross inside you. You carry the cross inside you. Remember I came out of this dream one day and it was this weird song. It's not exciting to the the years is what I'm saying. The song was, and I will cross the foyer and leave the cross within me. I don't even use the words like foyer. I don't know who uses foyer in this day and age. Except maybe the British. But I woke up that day. I quickly recorded it. It was like, and I will cross the full year and leave the cross within me. (laughs) So I was like, wow, God. So I'm going to cross the full year. You know, most churches, you see the open place where everybody gathers, like the corridor, the hallway. Yes. And I wake up singing that. That I'm going to cross that. And I used the word four year that I've never used in my life. And I said I will leave the cross within me. And this is the kind of scripture that speaks about the experience that Paul was talking about. You literally are nailed to that cross. 
And that cross is within you, and that is a mark that you have been crucified with Christ. And the next verse. 16, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. That's it. Amen. Amen. So when we became one with Christ and we were marked by Jesus, the cross of Jesus is within us. And we forge on through persecution, through tribulation. We forge on in a life of faith that the world has never seen. But the spirit realm can see that these are the ones that are marked by the cross of Jesus. The cross is literally within them. So when your spirit is walking, just imagine your spirit moving, moving around, moving around. And they see the spirit being with a cross within them. The heavens see you and they see all the scars of Jesus marked upon your body. Marked deep within your soul into the crevices of your spirit man. You carry a cross nailed within you so that the world is like, mm, I can't even tempt her with this stuff because she's not of us. She won't even be tempted by this stuff. And so as a marked one who bore the scars of Jesus, Paul say, no, trouble, don't touch me. Trouble, don't touch me. You see these scars? All my pain, all my sorrows, all my sicknesses, my diseases, all the things I've been through have been nailed. You see this cross I carry? You don't bring trouble close to me. Do not touch me because I bear upon my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And so I'm declaring this to the entire spirit realm right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, that even in this time as we celebrate Passover, that you will understand that you've been marked by the blood of Jesus, the blood that sickness and disease cannot stand, the blood that death cannot stand. So no matter how the enemy comes at you with all kinds of crazy stuff, as though it has never happened to anybody, he cannot take your life. He cannot steal your joy. He cannot steal the hope you have in Christ Jesus. So let them dare not touch you. You are displayed before the entire spirit realm with a cross embedded within you. You pass the donuts and the cookies and the drinking of tea and the small talks and you enter into the supernatural life in Christ Jesus. And you lay hold of the things that are eternal that Christ Jesus laid hold for you so that you leave us once seated in heavenly places with God. You do not bicker around. You do not hang around things of this world anymore. They are not the center of your focus. You look beyond into the supernatural. You understand the nature of the God that has called you into deep communion, into unity. Who saw you and thought you worthy to come as the son of God and die for you. What greater love has this God for you? And today, in the mighty name of Jesus, as you go forth, I want you to be aware that the scars that mark you, that causes the enemy to be scared of you. If he comes around and he sees you scared of him, he might try. But don't be scared. Be bold. Whatever challenges comes at you, step into that situation 
as the marked one. Step into that situation and know that you will not die. You will live to glorify your God in this land of the living in the mighty name of Jesus.